Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope you got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. All right, welcome in. Warriors wrap-up from Golden One Center in Sacramento. John Dickinson with you, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to participate in the program. Give me a call, shoot me a text, 888-957-9570. The Sacramento Kings tonight beat the Golden State Warriors 122-115. to So the Warriors now 5-8. and The little two-game winning streak comes to an end. And the Kings improved to 6-6. Six and six. So the Warriors, I said, coming into this one, I, I thought this game would be really a tell as to whether or not some of the strides that the Warriors believe that they had made over the last two games coming off the 0-5 trip would have you know, been a little bit more sustainable. Let's just see how far the Warriors would, would have come. And it looked like a really good start for the Warriors in this one, up 39-26 at the end of the first quarter. The ball was really moving. Stephen Curry was was getting into the paint. Uh, Three-point shots were falling, 6 of 11 for the Warriors in that quarter. From three, Wiggins, a couple of makes. Jordan Poole had a couple of makes. Uh, but the turnovers, Warriors, and this wound up being a problem all night, especially the first three quarters, five turnovers. The Kings were equally as hot, even though they only scored 26 points overall. And 39-26 was a nice lead, but it felt like it maybe even could have been a little bit greater of a lead for the Warriors. And then uh, the lead just went away quickly in the second quarter. Uh, bench group that, that started the second quarter for the Warriors really struggled. Uh, a loose defensive start to that quarter, and the 15-point lead was down to five very quickly. It was a 25-9 run for Sacramento, and uh, they wound up in position to have the lead uh, and the starters came back in with about four minutes to go and the Warriors went back up by a couple, but then another run uh, for Sacramento to end that 
uh, quarter and, and wind up taking the lead. So from, from down 15, uh, the Kings outscored the Warriors by 15 in the second, 38-23, and they actually had a halftime lead. Story of this game, and there were a lot of mini stories in this game, but uh, 72 points given up by the Warriors in the middle two quarters, and the Warriors played, I thought, relatively conscientiously defensively in the first quarter, but in the second quarter, I thought that bench group really allowed the Kings to get comfortable. It allowed them to get close. It allowed them to get in a flow. And it wasn't just the three-point shooting. It was really you know getting to the basket. And Damana Sabonis started to, to get rolling a little bit. And the Kings got comfortable. And when you look at, at the first couple of matchups, you know, the Kings have been kind of knocking on the door against the Warriors in these first two games, having chances after being down big in the first game to, to steal it late inside Chase Center. They, they really took it to the Warriors coming off of the, the road trip last Monday night, but the Warriors were able to pull a rabbit out of the hat down the stretch. It felt a little bit like the Warriors were going to be able to do that tonight, but uh, ultimately the Kings had been rolling for too much of the ball game to where they just had answers for the Warriors and the Warriors defensively just couldn't string enough stops together. There were too many turnovers throughout the first three quarters of this game. Sabonis got rolling as the Warriors got hammered by him. 26 points and 22 rebounds for Debonis Sabonis. Eight assists as well. He wound up uh, essentially dominating this one, but uh, some some bad shots, some rushed shots for the Warriors. Uh, I thought the, the shot selection at times, they took 17 threes in the fourth quarter, uh, left a, a little bit to be desired in moments where maybe they could have taken control against a, a Kings team that uh, in certain points in the game, looked like a young team that was still trying to figure out how to win against a team that, that is a defending champion, but they uh, were able to get that done. Uh, some really nice minutes from, from De'Aaron Fox down the stretch. He took it over for a little bit there. Keegan Murray hit some shots, and the Warriors allowed a, a young team that has uh, some pretty good scores uh, offensively to, to be able to, to get into a rhythm, to get comfortable, and uh, the Warriors wound up missing a few shots as as answers, and and the Kings are, are able to to finally finish the deal against the Warriors, one twenty two to one fifteen. So eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors fall to zero and seven on the road. Uh, so you, you thought, hey, the Warriors wanted to get that box checked. We talked on Warriors live about how Golden State, one of four teams that are an Ofer on the road, along with Detroit and Orlando, along with the Lakers, an Ofer on the road, and, and the Warriors can't get that box checked, and it's not going to get any easier for them as uh, they're back home tomorrow against San Antonio. Got to try to find a way to get that one before heading on the road to take on the Phoenix Suns. So, yeah, big run to start that second quarter. Game kind of flipped in that second quarter, and the Kings in the third quarter were able to extend their lead from, from two up to seven going to the fourth, and it was 72-52 Kings over those middle two quarters. Ironically, the Warriors didn't turn it over at all in the fourth quarter, but 18 turnovers is more than a game's worth in the first three quarters, and the Warriors uh, at, at had 15 or had 18. Uh, going into the fourth quarter. Actually didn't turn it over at all in the fourth quarter, but uh, the 18, again, more than enough and, and certainly problematic for, for the Warriors, 13 of the 18 in the first half. So it got better as the game went on. Uh, a couple really bad shots uh, from Jordan Poole 
uh, early in the fourth quarter, and the Kings were able to convert. They got their largest lead up to 107-98, and uh, Steve Kerr tried to chase it, to his credit tonight. He did try to chase this one as Curry and Draymond Green both came back into the game, and and the Warriors went on a run uh, to grab a lead uh, that it looked like they were going to be able to, to potentially maintain but uh, it was 113 to 110, and then the Kings an 11-2 run. They went to the free throw line after that, and uh, just really had uh, enough in the tank, enough scoring uh, to to wind up winning this one by that final of 122 to 115. So eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. The Xfinity mobile text line is open. Couple of text messages to get to. Here off the top, uh, Jaden checking in from the 415. Hey, J.D., Clay is shooting too much. He's taking shots away from more efficient scores. He's hurting the team. 6 of 16 tonight, 38%, uh, shooting 35% from the field this season. Fans don't want Clay taking the second most shots per game anymore. He's become an inefficient volume shooter rough. That is, that, that is rough, and look, Clay got off to a rough start. It was a rough start and a rough finish. He hit, I think, four consecutive shots in the middle of the game, but it was a two-for-seven start, and it was, at that point, I think an 0-for-four finish after the, the two-for-seven start. And I think it, at one point he had gotten up to, to six-for-11 and then missed his last four shots, five-of-13 from three tonight. And look, the one thing you know about Clay is he's just going to keep on chucking it, and he did that tonight. And, you know, it was working for him in the middle of the game, not so much early, not so much late. A lot of those shots short again down the stretch. I know some of the conversation has been about fatigue. Is that uh, potentially an issue as he tries to get his, his legs under him? But the Warriors have said this over and over, that they're ride or die with Clay Thompson. And, you know, the problem the Warriors have right now is Clay's not playing well, but Clay is still one of the more playable players on this roster. This team just does not have enough depth right now. Uh, they need the starters to, to play well. They need Jordan Poole to play well. And then they need the rest of the guys that are in the rotation on any given night to not completely give back uh, the, what the starters are able to to provide in terms of a lead. And, and that just didn't happen tonight. It was, it was the bench group tonight, start of the second quarter where this thing started to turn. And that was Looney uh, out there with Wiggins. But then it was Dante DiVincenzo, it was Jordan Poole, and it was Anthony Lamb. And the Kings were able to very quickly cut into it. And when the starters were back in the game, the Kings had gotten rolling to a point where the starters could score with them a little bit, but there were no more stops. A lot of fouling uh, for for the Warriors, stopping momentum, and uh, just you know adds all up to a, a seven point loss. So let's get to the phone lines, Coach Durant, Union City on ninety five seven. The game. What's up, Coach? Hey, what's up? Hey, I just gotta say the Kings earned this one. They came, they saw, and they conquered. I think the Warriors gotta slow it down a little bit. Poole's gotta make eye contact when he passes. I saw him make a few turnovers. Um, I think Clay should drive the lane a little more, attack the paint at least one or two times. I know he loves to shoot, but that's Thompson, and hopefully we'll bounce back tomorrow versus San Antonio at home at Chase. Yeah, they they got to win tomorrow night. I mean, that that's just it. And I know there was some talk about you know who's going to play, who's not going to play. Obviously, I would imagine Clay Thompson doesn't play tomorrow night in the second of the back to back, and and they get him lined up when the team goes to Phoenix, and they'll play the Suns on on Wednesday down in the Valley again. But you know, it is only November thirteenth. But you see now Sacramento at at six and six, and you start looking around the the Western Conference standings. 
And the Warriors have got to start winning against some some lesser teams. They didn't do it in the Eastern Conference road trip where they went 0-5 and they couldn't win in Charlotte or Detroit or Orlando. Sacramento does look like they're an improved team over what they've been for the last few years, hell, the last decade, decade and a half. This might be the best Kings team that, that Sacramento has had in the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're a team whose ceiling might be around the 500 mark. And, you know, I think it was probably going to be tough when you watched how these games had played out between these two teams to think that the Warriors, with the level of play they've been putting out there, were going to beat the Kings three out of three. Uh, and, and tonight it, it finally caught up with them. But, you know, games like tomorrow against San Antonio need to start being wins. And to this point, they have been at least at home. But you have to make sure that you're getting all of these right now, even though it's still early, it, it, even though it's potentially not panic time per se. You don't want to be digging a hole to get too deep below 500 to where you're you know, finding yourself in, in what looks like a, a deep, maybe not dominant, but deeper Western Conference than, than we've seen over the last few years here. And, and just looking at the standings a little bit, you know, Sacramento was 0-4, and they've won six of their last eight, and we talked about it on Warriors Live. They beat a few teams on the road that the Warriors couldn't beat on the road. And so, you know, you look at, at what Portland's been able to do, 9-4, and four, the Jazz are 10-5, and five. Denver, Phoenix, and Memphis are right where you'd expect them to be. Dallas and the Pelicans are both teams that, that figure to be in the top 10. The Clippers would figure to be in the top 10 as well. And, you know, the Warriors are, are right there uh, beneath that whole group right now. I mean, the Warriors are 13th in the Western Conference right now at 5-8. and eight. Only the Lakers and the Rockets are worse, and the Warriors are healthy right now. They have Steph, they have Clay, they have Wiggins, they have Draymond, they have Kevon Looney. So to think that that's not at least a little bit alarming right now, uh, I think you'd be fooling yourself to not think that, that it's a little bit alarming. And they've needed so many things to go right for them on a, on these nights where they've been able to pull out these games. And yes, steps made defensively in the game at home against Sacramento six nights ago, steps made defensively against Cleveland. They, they look better. But I think tonight is one of those nights that, that shows you that this team still has a long way to go, and they have to play with, with not much margin for error, really. I mean, one, one, a couple of bad quarters defensively, and all of a sudden they find themselves in close games against teams, at least traditionally, who have not been very good, and they haven't been able to close these games out, which is, which is tough. Uh, and you know, and again, I'm not necessarily putting the Kings in the in the category of Orlando or Charlotte or Detroit, but the the Warriors haven't been able to beat any of these teams <laughs> you know, down down the stretch in these games on the road. They have been able to uh, a little bit at home. Eric in San Francisco is next here on Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Eric. Hey. Uh, yeah, I wanted to uh, throw out a potential lineup consideration, and that is. If Clay doesn't have his legs under him and he's still getting his conditioning, and Poole generally plays better when he's starting, why not until Clay's conditioning start Poole and make Clay kind of the lead scorer with DiVincenzo handling the point in the second unit? Might be a way to get Poole started and allow Clay to manage his minutes a little bit better because every jump shot is clanking off the front rim. I mean, it's it's and he's chucking. So he's not yep. helping the team at all with his space. I don't know. I, what are your thoughts? I don't think it's crazy 
I, I really don't. At this point, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, and let's just be honest. Clay Thompson right now is pl- on scholarship. Like that's the, that's the bluntest way to put it. Like, and and you know, he he's fine when he's playing with the other starters. At least they are collectively as a group. But but I'm I'm done saying that that's just a crazy thing. <laughs> like to 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 swap them out. Now I think the Warriors would tell you that that's not something that they want to do because. He's a four-time champion, and he's a big part of the success that they've had, and they don't want to, to lose the continuity with that group that, that the five together have built up, and that they're also, and they probably wouldn't say this out loud, but they'd, they'd tell you they're probably a little bit worried that, that maybe he, uh, you know, it, it messes with some of the, some of the, you know, the psyche that he's been deal with, dealing with, because, you know, he's, he's just unabashed with the with the shots they're they're going up they're chucking whether they're going in or not I've said it a a bunch of times it feels like he's trying to make two shots for every miss to get himself back on track Uh, so you know that but I think he's confident in taking the shots but I think they're worried about his psyche if they did do something like that because it's an admission that he doesn't that he doesn't have it or that something has to change. And I think that's just a road that the Warriors are unwilling to go down. And Steve Kerr's been asked about it, and he just doesn't want to do it and and isn't going to do it. And, you know, Xfinity Mobile text line, it's interesting uh, here. Uh, I said ride or die, and that's essentially what the Warriors have said. 510 says it's not ride or die with Clay; It's ride and die right now with Clay. And, yeah, that's – that's the reality. You have to take the good with the bad. And right now there's a lot of rough shooting nights. And the Warriors are counting on him being confident and being a champion in big moments down the stretch in these games. But it's not all about down the stretch uh, in these games. So anybody that wants to say that about maybe making a flip or making a flop, I don't think it's crazy at this point. It's not nearly as crazy as uh, you know. sometimes it, it comes across. Uh, but it's just, you know, at some point, shot selection has to change. But the the truth is, the Warriors don't they they don't have enough you know, they don't have enough scoring to to offset some of the other deficiencies on this team. I mean, they they put up 115 tonight, <laughs> but the the problem is when you're turning it over, even when you're shooting it well, you're getting fewer fewer shots up, and you know it ended up relatively even in the in the final box. But it's it's the extra possessions that can be problematic and, and, and cause issue. So, yeah, the Warriors are going to have to figure it out. Clay's going to have to maybe take fewer shots, keep the ball moving, try and get it back and, and, and take the, the great shots as opposed to the as opposed to the, the, the bad shots uh, and, and try to continue to, to work his way out of this this funk that he's been in where I think he's really grappling with the fact that he knows something isn't quite right. He's just so desperate to get it right that he's just he's just pressing. And, and at some point, you know, at some point you just have to accept the fact that that you got to just let it happen. You got to just play the game the right way and let it happen. I feel right now he's not playing the game the, the the right way. He's playing the game like he used to as far as shooting himself out of it and hunting shots and and right now that's that's not good enough. It's it's not working because those shots are not just going in like eventually they would go in 
over previous years of his career. We'll pause here, 888-957-9570. Phone lines open. We'll get to more phone calls. We'll hear from Steve Kerr, Kavon Looney, and others from inside the Warriors locker room here in Sacramento as the Kings beat the Warriors tonight 122-115, to and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson in Sacramento. Kings beat the Warriors 122-115. to So the Warriors now 5-8 and and 0-7 and away from Chase Center. Quick turnaround for the Dubs. Back in action at Chase tomorrow. San Antonio Spurs in town as uh, the Warriors now again fall to 0-7 on the road. 5-1 and home, 0-7 on the road. And the games are coming fast and furious here for the Warriors as things move forward. 888-957-9570. A couple of text messages to get to. You can still give me a call or shoot me a text at 888-957-9570. Steve Kerr coming up. Kavon Looney coming up from the press conference room here in Sacramento. Uh, in the 
uh, on the text line from the 831, Steve Kerr said on this very radio station he won't be swapping Clay for Poole because he needs these two separate lineups to develop independently. They're not interchangeable in his mind. And, and yeah, that's that's what I was referencing. He's, he said it on this station. He said it in post-game press conferences. He said it at practices. He he's said it every single time he's been asked. He said it even even last year when Clay was returning from the injury and Jordan Poole had played so well in the starting lineup that, that they were going to ride it out with, with Clay Thompson and he was going to be playing with that other group. And I, I understand it. I, I, I mean, I get the fact that you don't want to, one, take Clay out of a lineup that he's used to playing in with Steph and, and Draymond, obviously, for all those years and Looney and now Wiggins and and they are able to, I think, cover for some of his deficiencies, and he still can complement that other group in, in a way that is very different. Uh, you know, they just play well together. So I, I get not wanting to do it, and I also get the reasoning with Jordan Poole on that end of it. I just think at some point, and, and we're probably too early for this, it's, it's not crazy to suggest something different. When you're watching this team play right now, that was more my point is that there's nothing that should necessarily be off the table or just completely disregarded as, well, that's crazy, uh, even though it, it may not be something that, that, that I would necessarily do. And I understand the point about the bench aspect of it. Poole has to learn how to play with this new rotation because, as I've said a few times, he didn't really have to do that last year, it, it, at least not until the end of the year. By the end of the year, Curry was out and going into the playoffs and then Curry came off the bench at least initially going into the playoffs and and in that in that Denver series for for the whole first round so it really became a situation where uh, you know they by the time it it got to the point where they were going to have to start making some changes they were so committed to just trying to to get the top six seven players all in order because it was playoff time that there wasn't really a, an adjustment that, that necessarily needed to be made. The 209, any trades plausible uh, at this point? I, I think it's probably early for that, but the one thing that, that you can say when you look at at the combination of who's not playing right now for the Warriors, whether it's James Wiseman who took another DNP coach's decision, third consecutive game. Uh, Moses Moody, another DNP coach's decision for him. Jonathan Kaminga was was back in the rotation tonight. Uh, he's had three in a, games in a row before where, where he got DNP coach's decision. Uh, second straight for, for Moody. Uh, he did play a little bit in the first game against Sacramento uh, last Monday, or the second game this season, first game of the week against Sacramento. Uh, but, yeah, that's three straight now for Wiseman. And, and you you just look at this team right now, and they just do not have enough quality, playable players. And so while it's November 13th and it's probably early and they're going to trust the development of some of these young guys and their plan with them, if this team has any hope of making a legitimate playoff run, I'm not sure they can do it with this roster as it's currently constituted, unless the young players can earn enough minutes to start being a factor. And, you know, again, it's possible because it's only November, but it, it just you – know, Wiseman can't defend, and he looks more tentative as each game went by. And Kaminga, I mean, tonight – just really a non-factor out there on the floor. 
uh, you know, 14 minutes, one of four, took a couple of bad threes. He had four fouls, which was probably his his greatest contribution to the box score. So you know, he's not getting it done either, but but somebody's got to play. And, and they've gone away from Jermichael Green after he struggled. Now, DiVincenzo is solid, but he's not really a, a scorer. He's very streaky in terms of, of his shooting and can be a little bit erratic at times as far as, as you know, maybe turning the ball over or taking some, some bad shots. And, and tonight, I think, you know, the 18 turnovers are the headline and all of the, the rebounding that, that Sabonis was able to do, the 26 and 22 game. I mean, he took the game over in chunks. Fox took it over for a couple of minutes down the stretch where the Warriors couldn't stop him. But the issue really has been that the Warriors don't have enough players. Like you look at the Kings right now and they've got they've got eight, nine guys that, that they trust and Mike Brown knows he can put in the game and 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 they know their roles and, and Steve Kerr he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that right now. He he knows what he's gonna get in pool. And I think Poole, you know, took a couple of horrendous shots uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and he was uh, effectively done for the night at that point. Uh, Anthony Lamb stuck in the game, and the Warriors really, really struggled at that point to, to, to gain traction, although they did, although they couldn't maintain after they took that, that three-point lead there uh, with the Kings quickly going on the 11-2 to run, and it was it was going to be an uphill climb from from that point on. So 888-957-9570, a couple of people on the Xfinity Mobile text line talking about possibly sending Kaminga and Wiseman down to the G League, and then, uh, you know, Others disputing that, saying from the 415, Cindy Kaminga and Wiseman down to the G League won't help them. They'll learn nothing but bad habits playing next to, to chuckers that are trying to get noticed. G League games involve selfish play. No team ball, very little defense. I don't disagree with that. Picture Wiseman, this person writes, trying to cover up for, for four Jordan Poole-like defenders in the G League instead of just one. I mean, that's the pickle that the Warriors find themselves in right now is is the benefit of sending guys like that down. It's it's much easier to send a Jordan Poole down and tell Jordan Poole to go play on the ball and dominate and try to score 30 a night because that's effectively what they want Jordan Poole's role, role to be on the big club. They want Jonathan Kaminga's role on the Golden State Warriors to be to be that of a role player, that of an energy piece, that of a glue guy that that can you know bring things that that his skill set does. They don't want him to go down and try and you know, become a dominant player in the in the G League because that's not the type of player and, and or how he fits into the the Warriors rotation uh, once once he's back uh, in in the NBA. So you know it's kind of the same thing with Wiseman. You don't want Wiseman to go down there and and be a focal point that you're hammering the rock into the post to. 15, 20 times a game because they want him running the floor and rebounding and trying to defend and and all of that. And and look, tonight is telling for, for Wiseman. Like, let's just be honest. Damanis Sabonis had 26 and 22. He really was a handful for the Warriors, and the Kings run everything through him. And James Wiseman didn't play a second in the game. And, and that's where I look at – the five one zero on the text line. The Warriors need Wiseman's length for defense, or they're in trouble, whether he's ready or not. Well, the answer is he's not. And like tonight is 
the, the tell that he's not, that he wouldn't get out there in a game where you have somebody like Sabonis playing the, the, the way that he is. So it's just it's problematic because the Warriors are just not good enough right now. And Steve Kerr said this pregame to to allow you know to to make mistakes. And it's just they can't overcome too many mistakes, and the young players are making too many mistakes when they're in the game, and it's impacting the starters having to offset form, and the starters are not able right now to be good enough for long enough to make up for the mistakes that the young players are making or the tone that they're setting. So it all just kind of snowballs, and the margin for error uh, gets slimmer and slimmer, and you end up in close games and then it's kind of 50-50 down the stretch and basically at home the Warriors have been able to win the 50-50 games except for the one against Denver and on the road they've lost every single one of them you know whether it's tonight where they were in it uh, in the in the closing four or five minutes whether it was the game in Orlando uh, that, that got close and they ultimately dropped it by one or Charlotte uh, any any one of these games uh, Miami uh, down the stretch there and and so it it becomes it becomes you know flip a coin and the warriors have have come up on the wrong side here in in each of these road games as much as they've come up on the right side in the games that have been played at Chase Center 8889579570 let's go ahead and hear from Steve Kerr as he met with the media here in Sacramento uh here's the head coach I thought they just outplayed us, you know, give them credit. Um, Sabonis dominated the game. You know, he scored inside. Uh, they, they love running their offense through him at the top. They got all those shooters. Uh, Murray made some big shots. Fox got hot. So I just thought they outplayed us and, and um, deserved to win. They had two pretty big offensive rebounds on the stretch, including Sabonis. Was that? I know you were kind of small in that moment. Was that just the balance? And I guess it kind of tilted toward you. That's what Sabonis does. You know, twenty-two boards, I think. So, um, you know, that those were uh, big plays for them. And um, like I said, they they made the plays down the stretch. I thought we got a little tired. That's why I took that timeout. You know, with. Um, Two minutes left. It was our last time out, but I just felt like we were pretty gassed. And so we needed that that break. And then, you know, we were able to get a bucket. And I think we were within four um, at that point. Uh, so we had our, our chances, but um, I think that's where the offensive boards came in. And uh, both Sabonis and, and, and Fox made, made big shots. What would change in the second quarter, second and third quarters defensively if anything you guys they had like 72 in those middle two quarters? Yeah, I mean, again, they're 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 a good team. They're a really well coached team. They they make it tough on you. You know, they got a lot of shooting. And I thought in the second quarter it was the turnovers that hurt us. We weren't executing well offensively, and that hurt our defense, put us uh, on our heels some. We had that 15 point lead, and then um, it it evaporated pretty quickly. So too many turnovers in that quarter, and then the third they you know they just got going, and we uh, we made some mental errors. We we. Um, we helped a little too much off their shooters. They got, they got a couple of big threes. One at the end of the end of the third quarter uh, was a big one. Um, but I think again, uh, our guys our guys fought and competed, and um, I love the effort. But um, just got beat by a team that that played better than us tonight. Seventeen. You know, some of them were good. Some of them weren't. But. Um, we were scratching and clawing out there, and um, we're a three-point shooting team. I think we're number one in the league in attempts, and that's who we are. We don't uh, score a lot in the in the paint in terms of you know throwing the ball inside. When we do, we usually run our split cuts and, and try to open up you know shots for our shooters. So you know I'll watch the film, but 
felt like a few possessions were not good ones and we got tough shots. And then we had some good ones also, and uh, some of each probably. Hey, it's still early Mike Brown for this new team. Can you see his identity? Oh, yeah. Mike's crushing it. He's crushing it. Uh, they're defending way better. We saw them third game of the year, and I think we scored 89 in the first half. And uh, they've gotten so much better at that end. And offensively, they've really built a an identity, you know, um, with the with the shooting and the uh, the downhill DHO stuff with Sabonis, it's tough to guard. So Mike has done a terrific job. What about the turnovers tonight? I think you might have not had any in the fourth, but I think we had eighteen in the first. Half. Thirteen in the first half. They didn't score a ton off of uh, the turnovers, but those are plays we don't get a shot at the rim and uh, we're not executing very well. And um, so that uh, we got to continue to work on that. You know, we're, we're still searching and, and playing different combinations and it's not easy for guys to to play in different combinations and not be able to build a rhythm and that's what we're trying to get to this season so I thought we had guys who came off the bench and and, and played pretty well but we just couldn't um, kind of string together a, a really good period of time where we executed at both ends but the turnovers you can kind of find those combinations and connectivity is the biggest team so far with the turnovers we've always been a high turnover team even winning championships we've been a team that turns it over but um, there there's kind of a time and a place for for some. You you yeah uh, you accept some, and then others you you got to clean up. And so we'll continue to work on that. Started throwing seven on the group. What particularly the change? I guess when you're not home to be able to throw down these tight road games. Yeah, you just you got to play better on the road. You got to lock up defensively and uh, and execute on offense. And uh, we just haven't done that. No, they have not done that to this point. Their Steve Kerr post game, too many turnovers, and and again, I I think as much as the turnovers and the turnovers were the big problem in the first half in particular, thirteen in the first half, it wound up being eighteen through three quarters. But I thought at times when the Warriors could have taken control of the game and maybe grabbed bigger leads, especially in that fourth quarter, just a couple of really bad shots that wound up going back the other way and the Kings were able to convert because they were in a rhythm offensively. And then it just, it just gave them momentum that they were able to, to ride uh, down the stretch and confidence that they were going to be able to, to, to pull this game out. Uh, shooting 43% from three will also do that. And the Kings did that tonight. And really all night, the Kings were shooting the three ball warriors wound up getting out, uh, uh, the, both teams made 16, but the Kings made 16 of 37. Uh, the Warriors made 16 of 47. So the Warriors shot uh, 34% from three. The Kings ended up shooting 43% from three, uh, even though the makes were the same tonight. And uh, it felt like the Kings were going to the free throw line all night long. A lot of those in the first half, uh, 9 of 12, uh, were the Kings in the first half, uh, but the, the Warriors actually ended up out outscoring the Kings from the free throw line tonight, 15 to 12. But uh, Sabonis was having his way uh, really against the Warriors in the paint. Kings outscored Golden State 52-46 in the paint, and it felt like Fox in big moments could get whatever shot he wanted as well down the stretch. He had that little flurry uh, there toward the end. Uh, hit a three at the at the buzzer for the shot clock uh, going off after uh, he had hit a, a layup to pull uh, the Kings to within one. Draymond had a layup to put him up 113 to 110, and then Fox had the little mini takeover right there. Had a quick drive back after the Draymond layup. Curry missed a three. Fox hit a three at the shot clock buzzer. That gave 
the Kings the lead uh, that they would not relinquish uh, after Anthony Lamb took a, a bad shot three, 117 to 113. Fox ran it back the other way. And then uh, Wiggins missed a, a quick three. Sabonis ended up getting the putback, and it was 119 to 113, and that was that was pretty much it. Wiggins made it 119 to 115. Harrison Barnes answered that right back, and then it was the, the clay clank fest uh, from there as he finished the, the ball game struggling and, and 6 of 16 overall. So 8 at 8, 957 Let's go ahead and hear a couple of minutes of Kavon Looney tonight. Uh, as he met with the media following this one. Um, what did you kind of see in that second quarter that kind of shift the momentum Sacramento? Yeah, a lot of turnovers. You know, they are already great in transition. It's a tough team to stop uh, when they get, get in transition, and we just gave them a lot of turnovers. They got the, the office got the floor, and guys got to see the ball go in. So that was probably the biggest difference in that second quarter. Those are Owen's stuff on the road. What do you think it's like making it so challenging for you? You know, it's always hard to win on the road. You know, we play this team already. It's our third time playing them already, so that's even make it even tougher to beat them again. And uh, you know, when you're on the road, you can't have those. You know, have a lot of turnovers and give up office rebounds and all the small things. And uh, something we've been talking about as a team, and uh, we've been doing a better job at that at home. But on the road, it seems to get away from us. So uh, we got to continue to get better at that and continue to grow. I know you went on the floor late, but not difficult, especially as a center, isn't to watch some of those offensive rebounds. It seemed kind of like backbreakers in the final. It's always tough, you know. You know, Sabonis is a great offensive rebounder, great player. So, uh, and the way their offense is set up, it's, you know, kind of got to play cat and mouse with the guard and him and uh, kind of puts us in a tough predicament. So, it's it tough to watch, you know, uh, on the bench, but kind of got to give a trade off. He went kind of smaller, spread the floor out, and it was working for us. You know, we had made a push and got back in the game with that unit. So, you know, we had a, made, made a trade off, and we were right there where we wanted to be. And, uh, you know, we learn from that experience and uh, guys be able to probably make that play next game. I mean, it is kind of your identity as a team, but I think you guys are leading that day, maybe an attempted threes, a lot of early clock ones. Does that need to be sharpened up at all? I mean, I know you guys obviously have on your team. I don't think so. I think uh, we have a lot of great shooters and, you know, we're scoring a lot of points. You know, sometimes we get down in games and we start shooting more because uh, we got to try to get back into the game. So, uh, but I think we've been doing a good job getting good shots. And I, I feel like the most of the threes are we're getting are, are pretty good looks. Uh, and I think they're coming off of us touching the paint. So I don't, I don't think we are, a lot of those are, are bad shots, but then we are getting the looks we want. And, uh, you know, sometimes we make them, sometimes we miss them. So, uh, but I think we got some of the best shooters in the world. We're probably gonna keep shooting them. With the turnovers, how much do you think of that? Is just figuring out all these new combinations and understanding everybody that you might not. Uh, I think that plays in a, a little bit into it, but I think most of it is just uh, us not being sharp with the ball, uh, us you know not knowing uh, what we what we were in our offense, just lack of communication sometimes. And, and we always been a pretty high turnover team, and uh, but today we I know I had a few of them off off the fouls and. You know, uh, travel here and there. So we just got to be more sharp, a little bit more focused on uh, with the turnovers. Are you at all, like, concerned about the road? Like, you guys are... I wouldn't say just concerned about the road, which is uh, it was just a concern with just getting better. I think we made making steps in the right direction. I feel like this game was uh, better than our last few road games, so we just got to keep growing as a team, keep getting better, and I think the the wins are come. Yeah, really not a lot differently, I, I thought, from, from the last couple of road games. I mean, you throw the game in New Orleans out, which was the Warriors' last road game, going back, what, a week ago, Friday, so nine nights ago, and uh, that was the game that was the developmental game. I, I thought this game was actually pretty similar to, to some of the other road games 
uh, where the defense just wasn't there. They were fouling a lot at different points. There were too many turnovers at, at different points, and, and it was almost as if one you know, the game had a pickup game feel to me from the first quarter on. I thought the Warriors played a really buttoned-up first quarter. They were up 39-26 going into the second, and then it, it, it was as if at that point, it was just going to be coast time, like win the game with the offense, try and score 125 or 130, which had, had worked against the Warriors or against the Kings in a couple of different games. I mean, they'd scored 89 in the first half against Sacramento going back three weeks ago tonight at Chase Center before the Kings came all the way back and, and eventually uh, Sacramento won or, or the Warriors won that game 130 to 125. Uh, but no, I just, it, it felt like they got, they let Sacramento get on a roll, and then the Kings are a good offensive team. They they have a, a shooting on this team. They have you know Sabonis and Fox who run a, a two man game a lot of the time, and, and they throw it to Sabonis as Steve Kerr mentioned, and and you know hand it off to other players and, and move around that way. And, and and you know this is a a better put together team than some of the previous iterations that the that the Kings have had to be sure and they they put pressure on you and you you can't if you're going to play a game where you're just going to try to outscore the Kings and you're going to you know you're going to play them three times in such close proximity you're probably not going to win all three and I think that was probably part of of you know the Kings were just due to beat the Warriors uh, and they finally got them 510 from John in Oakland it's clear to me on the Xfinity mobile text line Steph needs another guy to be the finisher at the end of the game especially when he gets double teamed Wiggins perhaps but who else is reliable at the end and yeah if Steph's got to give it up or teams are, are making Steph give it up I think that is the conundrum that the Warriors face right now because typically Draymond will be the playmaker, but what you saw tonight is the ball kept finding Clay, and Clay was not knocking him down. And if there's one thing we've gotten used to over the years is the fact that, that Clay will knock those shots down in the big moments, sometimes even if he is having a tough night otherwise. And that just has not as consistently been the case, and he's getting some of the shots that, that maybe you would want to go to uh, an Andrew Wiggins who wound up 10 of 18 in, in the game tonight and, and seven of nine from two Wiggins was three of nine from three he was seven of nine from two. And so maybe the Warriors do need to try and get the ball to Wiggins a little bit more in the flow of everything, but you can't get, get the ball to him. If teams are taking Curry out of it and you're kicking it to Draymond, let's say, and then Draymond's finding clay and the shots going up. If that if that's the way it, it, it's going to shake out, then you know maybe the Warriors do need to be a little bit more patient in trying to to get the ball in the hands of of somebody that's more efficient. But that's a tough conversation I feel like to have right now, uh, and you know it, and also the Warriors play in an open system where the the shot is the shot. You're going to get a good shot for somebody, and they've for years had a bunch of players that they could trust late in the game. Now it is a little bit different. At least it feels a little bit different. But Clay is playing as if he's still the guy that that he used to be, and so that makes it. Uh, I think uh, all the more problematic when when he's not hitting shots that that everybody's used to 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 seeing him be able to make. Uh, one other one from Rich Ray in the five one zero Warriors used to hold teams under a hundred points night in night out. What happened? Well, I think that's where it's the combination of of the young players and the new players is part of it. The other part of it is there's just a lot of nights where I think the the regulars are and the guys that have been here the championship core that those guys want to coast. 
and you know it's championship hangover, and it's less attention to the defensive end for fewer minutes in the game, uh, and some of it probably is age as well, just not locking down defensively at the level that that we've seen in in, in some of these other years. All right, let's go ahead and hear a couple of minutes of. Draymond Green as he met uh, with the media here at Golden One Center as the Kings beat the Warriors 122 to 115. I thought it was a big problem. You know, he played very well. I think we allowed him to get uh, downhill too much, but we weren't stopping the ball on those handoffs. So he's just rolling to a free side. It's tough to guard. So you know, I think that was the um, results of quite a few things on the defensive end for us that we could have cleaned up. You guys are now 0-7 on the road. What does that say about this game? I just think you have to understand that your margin for error on the road is a lot less than it is at home. You go on them. I think they had one in uh, at the end of the first quarter where they had a big run. I think they had a really big run like midway through the second quarter to close out the half. They had another big run to close out the third quarter, and then they had a big run to close out the fourth quarter. And so you just got to understand that your margin for error on the road in this league is is way less if you're going to win games. So just something we got to figure out, but. What are your thoughts about the Sacramento Kings right now? I'm not going to say, you know, this is like a bad team or anything like that. Just want to know, you know, they faced them three times in 13 of their games so far. They're playing a lot harder than they were. They're a lot better defensively than they were. Uh, and De'Aaron Fox is playing like the player that everybody thought he'd be coming out of college. And, you know, he had spurts uh, where he's played up to that level. And this year, we even talked about it on the podcast where he was saying he was looking to take a huge step this year. And he took that step. It's not only against us. Uh, he's playing great basketball across the board. And when, you, when you're when getting your point guard playing those that type of ball, everybody else falls in line. And, you know, so he's doing a great job leading this group. And, uh, you know, Mike Mike's doing a great job coaching this group. But, you know, they're coming along. It's, it's, it's good to see. With margin for error, how much of that has to do with kind of figuring out these rotations and still figuring out who you guys are the full team? You know, the rotations are coming together. Um you know, but we're still learn growing as a team. And so uh, regardless of who you play, those units have to grow together. And I think we are. Um, it's getting better, but just got to keep improving. You guys are taking a lot of, like, early clock threes. I think you might leave them getting attempted threes. Obviously, you know, you guys employ who you employ, but is it too much at times, you think, just – no, we've been winning championships like that for a long time. I'm not going to say it's too much now. We've shot a lot of threes, shot a lot of jump shots since I've been here. So, no, I don't think it's too much. I think, you know, can we get some better looks? Of course. There are times throughout the game where we could slow it down and, and get some better looks. But overall, our shooters are going to shoot, and that's just what it is. Right. Each each year, you guys, when you guys are on a legitimate towel run, you always have challenges. And this one is – you know, trying to figure out the second unit and implement young guys. How would you how would you quantify this challenge compared to other season challenges when you quantify this? Uh, it's different. I think um it's a lot different. For the most part, coming off the bench, we've had kind of an elder statesman, if you will, and that'll come off the bench, kind of slow things down, right the ship. It's different now. You know, we, where, you know, you, you come off the bench. And the reality is the the first guy you come off the bench with is usually JP. And JP is a six starter, you know, and so that's a different feel. And I think when when you're starting to get more guys in 
and then it's turning into the second unit as opposed to more of the first unit guys. Whereas it used to be a, a kind of a different offense, if you will. It's more like the same. And I think uh, we have to figure that out. In, in that second unit to understand that, you know, what you're accustomed to is Steph go out the game and the whole offense changes and it's more sets. And it's, but with Jordan, it's still going to be more of the same as you get with Steph. And I think guys have to really adjust to that. And it's taken some time to adjust to that. Because for the majority of those guys, they don't play a ton with Steph. So they don't really understand that. Whereas opposed to when Jordan comes in with us, we've played with Steph for so long. We understand the randomness of it. I think that group has to start understanding the randomness of it. But, you know, that, like I said, that takes time. Draymond, I know you talked on your pod with Fox about Keegan Murray's a fellow Big Ten guy. What's your thoughts on him? I know he had a 5 3 set. Uh, he, can, he can play. I'm not just going to say he can shoot the basketball. I know and that's what people are trying to just make him out to be is just a shooter. He can play. Uh, he can shoot the ball. He can post. He can put the ball on the floor. He can get to the pay and finish. Uh, he understands the game. He does. He looked like he's been out there for six, seven years already. Really like the pick. You know, he's been continuing to grow this year, and he's not gunshot off. What he led them tonight in plus sixteen. So, really, really, really good basketball player. Second straight game for Jordan having eighteen points. He seemed like really decisive with the ball. What's the biggest difference that you noticed? You know, he has definitely been more decisive, but, you know, like I said before, he's figuring out his role as well, figuring out different coverages and the stuff that he's seeing now and, you know, the different types of defenders that he's seeing now. He's starting to become more accustomed to that. And so JP's starting to play better, which ultimately is good for us. And, you know, we'll start putting it all together. Yeah, two two better games consecutively now for Poole with the 18 tonight, and yeah, more decisive, and you know, look looked like he was really feeling it there in particular in in the first half. He he was really rolling, uh, but uh, all in all, not enough for the Warriors. Interesting, Draymond saying he thinks that the rotation is is coming along. Uh, we'll we'll see. I think I think Steve Kerr's really searching right now still and and while you know Anthony Lamb's been a, a bigger part of things as of late Kaminga was in there tonight DiVincenzo is going to be in there as long as he's healthy along with with Jordan Poole uh, I think the one thing that could really help this Warriors team would be if if any of these young players Kaminga or Moody or Wiseman can just be trustable enough to be out there for a few minutes Kaminga was not good tonight uh, at all in in his 14 minutes and that's not to put it on him. Uh, plenty of blame to go around when you ultimately lose a game, but it's just they're just not getting enough uh, from the young players, even the ones, and you can't keep them all necessarily out of the lineup on a night-in, night-out basis, although it's appeared as if Steve Kerr has, has tried to uh, over the course of, of the last week. A couple of quick notes here before we call it a night from Sacramento. This one via Kendra Andrews of ESPN and ESPN Stats and Info as well. First time the Warriors have started 0-7 on the road since 1989-90. My goodness, you got to go all the way back 32 years. They were 0-9 that year uh, in 89-90. They're the first defending champion to lose seven straight road games at any point in a season since the 2011-12 Dallas Mavericks did that coming off of the lockout in 2011 uh, after the Mavs won the championship in that 2010-2011 season. So uh, a lot of disappointment. I know Steph Curry said it post game. 
it's pretty disappointing to be 0-7 for sure. And the Warriors' next opportunity to get it done on the road is not going to be an easy one. It's going to be a, another one of these rematch games uh, as the Warriors are going to play in Phoenix for a second time in the first uh, couple of weeks here of the season. Uh, Curry was asked post game in his press conference if he's going to play tomorrow on the second of, of a back to back. He said, absolutely. I'll see you there. Curry typically doesn't sit second of back to backs, uh, especially at home. And, and here's the other thing, as far as you know, some of the veterans go, I, I think the narrative has gotten a little bit twisted on the Warriors and, and the rest. It's you know they're going to pick their spots, I think, for rest. And Clay's kind of in his own category because, and Steve Kerr mentioned this a week ago that that Clay is at a point where maybe he doesn't play any back to backs, considering the injuries that that he's coming off of these last couple of years. So so I can understand. All right, Clay played tonight. He's not going to play tomorrow in, in all likelihood. But as far as you know, Curry. The Warriors just play, you know, they've had two games in the last nine nights before tonight. So, I mean, and and Curry didn't play in, in the last game before that stretch. You know, there were a couple of days off, and they played the Kings, and they had three days off, they played the Cavs. Like, the rest of the, the guys are going to probably be playing unless it's uh, six and eight nights, you know, some kind of combination like that, five and seven, you know, some kind of combination. Six and nine is probably more likely. They don't really do six and eight anymore. But, but yeah, six and nine nights, seven and ten nights, something like that, five and seven nights as we saw at the back end of that road trip. For the most part, Steph, I think, is going to be playing in a lot of these back-to-backs, and the Warriors need him to be playing in a lot of these back-to-backs as well as Draymond and, and Wiggins and Looney and these others because right now they're they're fighting to, to try and prevent themselves from, from really digging a, a hole and that's what makes tomorrow night's game, I think, all the more important now is this team sits at, at five and eight. You got to get tomorrow against San Antonio at home before you head to Phoenix, and then things start really getting rolling as far as uh, games coming on, a, on an every other day basis. So that'll do it uh, for tonight. Uh, quick turnaround for the Warriors. Quick turnaround for me. Uh, keep it locked here, 95-7 the game all day long. Tomorrow I'll be back at 6 o'clock from Chase with Warriors Live. Warriors and the Spurs going at it from downtown San Francisco. And then I'll be back after the ball game as well. We'll have Warriors wrap up before the Dubs head to Phoenix and another battle against the Suns. Thanks to Sterling Bennett in our San Francisco studios, uh, as well as everybody else cutting up highlights and postgame sound. Tremendous job by everybody. Again, I'll be back tomorrow. Kings beat the Warriors tonight, 122 to 115. And you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 